0: Welcome to What If But Good, a podcast about writing badly until you can write well. I'm your host, Peter Lundquist. I'm your host that laughs too loud, Evan Pugh. And I'm your taller host, Silas Robinson. Each season, the three of us go through the daunting task of attempting to write feature-length screenplays from scratch in just 16 weeks. Will we succeed? Will we fail? Will we give up writing, sell all our possessions, and follow Limp Biscuit on tour? There
1: is only one way to find out. Listen in each week as we battle our writing demons, each other, and the sound of a buzzing refrigerator on... What What If But
0: But Good! Good. If you'd like to follow along with our rushed, unfinished pages each week, check us out at whatifbutgood.com and on all socials as What If But Good.
1: Alright, week... Five? week five week five baby week, week five too uh, late to back out now oh god eleven weeks till a feature screenplay <laughs> oh here we go
0: yeah sounds so confident um, uh, I am
1: I confident yeah. damn it yeah how, how did every so this is the first this is the first week we've we've actually had to write dialogue and shit how's everybody doing
0: Evan,
2: you're, <laughs> you're nodding quietly. Uh, it was it was hard at first, and I started with writing conversations and not really pointing them in any direction other than like maybe giving a location, but just like starting it out with shit you've never seen in a screenplay, like "Hi, how are you?" You know, start start from that very basic level and just start writing lines until you start seeing them. So I did that, uh, and that that parlayed into making it a little easier to to write the pages when the time came, but at the same time the, the, these first eight pages when the, the real goal with it was, was once again, as as with the beat sheet, proving that it exists and that the idea you know is a machine that can at least get up and running.
0: Right. Um, like the refrigerator that you may be hearing. That's a machine. <laughs> and, and it's it, running. it is running like like, like, like a refrigerator yeah, like, in yeah. the prank call gym.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: it's trying to write a screenplay too.
2: It's actually get, giving us notes right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when, when it came time to write these pages. I really just wanted to prove prove that it exists again. That's why it's it was real sloppy. Um, I went back and looked back at it and I was like, ugh, oh, I'm missing words. <laughs> yeah, that was really the big goal of it and, and I'm, I'm glad I did what I did, which was send out eight okay pages.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm in a pretty similar spot to you, like I So the more work I put into the outline, the more I was like, oh, my God, this fucking rules. This is going to be so dope. <laughs> yeah. And then there's just so much stuff that, at least for me, I can't have figured out until I start, like, writing dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much positive that these pages are, are going to be almost. So just because I just had to start writing something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure this is pretty much all going to change. But I'm definitely still in the, in the part of writing where I'm like, wait a minute. This is so stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah. What happened? Yeah, that, that uh, onrush of self-doubt was fucking dope. Oh, so, so <laughs> yeah. cool, dude. Yeah, so Just cool. to start
1: typing and be like, wow, this this seems really fucking
0: dumb. Yeah, do yeah, I but... know how to do this? Yeah. Have I ever written before? <laughs> I feel stupid. Yeah, uh, but,
1: I mean, what do they say? Like, 70% of creativity is just outlasting the period where your, your draft is worse than your taste. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, so it was... But I I will admit, too, that uh, after I sent these pages out, a huge weight lifted off of me. Mm -hmm. And, like, putting it out in the world and that kind of thing. It's like, okay, it exists now. I have that thing. And it it was the same thing as, like, a micro-dose of that feeling you get when you finish the whole thing and you send it to someone. Right. You know, it was just, like, that that little taste. It's like, oh, I want to keep going. Peter, how was was these pages for you?
0: It was a, a little different from your guys' experience just because when I first thought of this movie as something that I wanted to do I pictured basically the whole first act in my head not all the details but like I knew exactly what the world was going to be like and I didn't have to get there you know Mm. I felt like I was already there with that Mm. so what I challenged myself to do was just sprints man that's that's the only way I've ever been able to do things in a timely manner is by setting a timer on myself and just going okay I can see the clock going for the next 30 minutes It's going to tell me how many words I wrote at the end. If that number is under 400, I'm going to feel like garbage. (laughs) Because otherwise, I I do a lot of pausing. I do a lot of, you know, I'll take another break or I'll check, you know, my social media again. And having this tool is like, it's it's really good for me. That's That's awesome. awesome. I have a 20-minute
1: rule where if I sit down to write, I have to stay writing for 20 minutes. The current iteration of Celtics that I'm using has a feature, which I didn't ask for, but I just noticed it was there, and I don't think there's a way to turn it off, where it has two scoreboards down at the bottom of the screen. One is writing, and the other is thinking. And as soon as, you, yes. as soon as you stop writing, the writing timer stops and the thinking timer starts and it's like speed chess. Oh, like, like the clock just starts running up. So you like you just have these two little numbers and it's like, like, I mean, I was thinking about my outline and my characters, but at least 30% of my brain for all of these pages was like, gotta keep that writing number. <laughs> if I saw the thinking number like getting
0: within a minute, it was yeah. like, dude,
1: dude anything.
0: <laughs> so I just did like five or six of these sprints that are half an hour long and then that's how I arrived at these pages I did some writing outside of the sprints just where I was like oh I'm at a good stopping place right. I'm, or I'm not at a good stopping place yet so I'll just finish this one scene and then start another sprint like after I go up and have a glass of water or something
1: that's okay. Okay. cool
0: nice but yeah, yeah. that's
1: awesome that uh, seems like a really really useful tool
0: yeah Or uh, I I used to know a guy who uh, had a big hourglass, like with actual sand in it, and he would uh, just set the hourglass and turn it over, and it would would go for a literal hour, and he would just not allow himself to not write in that time, and he could see the actual sands ticking down and just be like, oh, fuck, I gotta be writing, and the sand is literally trickling away from my life. So anyway, last minute panic, I think, is a great (laughs) Yeah. A motivating yeah. tool.
1: I'm not okay. sure why let's, let's let's yeah, so so Evan, right uh, we're looking we're looking at these pages yeah. and, and what we wanna know is what you were trying to accomplish with them and how you feel like you did with accomplishing it. like what grade would you give yourself uh,
2: at least a seven-ish out of five, <laughs> out of five. Um, it's mostly because it was it was written in haste and it wasn't read back i wrote everything by hand and then typed everything out and considered it reread and redone and just walked away from it which is what i normally do with the whole screenplay and then i go back mm. I, I i hit the ground running and then just sent it out in a panic because i was like on sunday i was just like i can't i don't want to write today <laughs> and i have to send this today so i'm going going to send it out but my my goal was definitely to get feedback and and create something that that at least generates something for from you guys um, right. to
1: to and to spark the idea that was another big part of the goal to to spark the idea gotcha so so would you say that like am i right that you weren't thinking like i have a specific story thing that i'm trying to get across here it's more just like i just need to start writing and start discovering these characters yeah it, it
2: was it was mostly about living in their world right as, as much as possible and, mm-hmm. and working that visualization muscle and and seeing everything and and that that's why those conversations just basic conversations really helped because a lot of those actually just morphed into scenes with unfilmable beginnings i guess you could say or just boring beginnings. But they, they all they all kind of morphed and, and are finding their way into what I'm writing. And so that's pretty cool.
1: If these pages really are functioning primarily as sort of like a, a, a writing exercise for you mm-hmm. to learn more about these characters, start to feel out their vocal rhythms and all that kind of thing, like, what would you say that you learned from them? Some, some knowledge about these characters? I, I feel like I learned,
2: I got closer to the story's core. Mm-hmm. I, I buckled in for the ride. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm in trustworthy hands now. What would know?
1: what would you say if you were going to describe what you feel like that story's core is? What how would you describe it?
2: I guess it's the the life of it, maybe. Because what I'm thinking about is that it's everything,
1: all the details of it have become a lot more vivid. So do you mean that, like, when you picture, you know, like the scene that's going to happen in the brewery or the scene that's going to happen in the hospital, mm-hmm. it just feels more vivid in your head when you picture
2: right, it? Right, yeah. And, I, and I'm really doing my best to let the idea, let follow the idea instead of making the idea, and, you know, right. letting it lead, being as open about it as possible, because honestly, it's, uh, it's hard otherwise. Right. And that's why, like, the, the first page is all this stuff that's, like, class interactions and i had never even thought of that until i sat down and started writing it was like it was the first voice i hear in my head in the scene professor okay what do they say uh mm-hmm. huh just start. Just just write something. Just just write something. Your saying <laughs> yeah, just <you're> dripping away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. I'd say I
0: accomplished it for sure. So we we talked about already like what your goal was and how you felt you mm-hmm. dealt with that cool. goal. What do you want back now? Like what what do you think is would be most valuable for you oh. in terms of like do, do you is it like line notes, c notes, or is it something like just a general direction? Or wh- what do you think would be most um, valuable and helpful? For you?
2: Fucking anything. Like, and that's, that's really not helpful, but at the same time, I feel like I'm, I'm open to really any, any sort of feedback, um, if only because you never know what will take the idea in the proper direction and you'll never know if you shut yourself off from anything. So I'm more open to, to what, what sparked joy, what, what was sparked in you
0: guys. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Marie-Conto. I just had to go. <laughs> yeah. So I think the, the best information that I can give you Yeah. I would say that in general, you have a sense of who these characters are, mm-hmm. but I want to know why we align with them as okay. the audience. Yeah. The very end is Save the Cat.
1: <laughs> <Rick Snyder. laughs> I, just, I, just, I was just like. At the end of the Bible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It says a bunch of gibberish because the book of Revelations is very strange. At the end of Save the Cat, he talks about how people always push back against the central image of the book, which is the Save the Cat image. And for those of you who haven't read it, they take a significant action that makes us like them. Right. He says at the end of Save the Cat, you know, everyone hates that. When I say, like, have your hero pull a kitty out of a tree or something. But what I really mean by it is get us in line with their life. Like, let us see a little bit from their eyes. Mm. Uh, so for Steve and Rebecca, I I get who they are. I get where they're from. I don't get just yet why I want to see them interact for the next 100 pages.
2: Yeah. Because you're part of this podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you're, just, you're not... I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. <laughs> um, I, th- I think, yeah, I, I definitely feel a similar way that Peter does, and and something that I I would kind of spin off of that. So a, a discipline which I'm trying to do in my writing, I have been trying to like, at the end of a scene, look at it and say like, what's like the one thing that I like about this? And then I usually end up going back and erasing everything and then trying to expand that to be the whole scene. And in this first scene, we've got, you know, this whole page of the professor talking and talking to the different students and breaking them up into groups. And then Rebecca and Steve end up in the group together and they have their little me their me cute interaction. We're both from Simi Valley. And then we cut and now they're friends. They're walking with each other, they're mm. joking, they're asking questions. And to me, I felt like the really interesting thing that was about to happen ends up happening off screen. Mm. So they, they meet each other. That's that, that's really interesting because in my mind it's it, it was originally written as all one
2: conversation, and I just, like, lopped off that last half and put it somewhere else so it wasn't too long and boring.
1: I definitely wouldn't recommend, like, dragging it out. But, but at the same time... I mean, you know, so the, the page and a half of, of the professor talking is probably not that important. Right. You know, we start the story. You two are lab partners. Hi, I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Steve. Where are you from? Simi Valley. Holy shit. I'm from Simi Valley. So there's a connection there. And then something is about to happen that means that they're friends. Mm-hmm. We we can assume that it's more than we're we from the same place. So, you know, and and for example, you know, this is this is not what you should do, but like if they were both super lonely at mm-hmm. this school, yeah, and it's like Oh shit! I met someone from my hometown. I can relate to this person. Yeah. Or if there was like a you know a scene before of like I don't know what to call roast beef here. We called it <laughs> we called it something else back in Simi Valley. You know we called City, City Valley. Valley. Yeah. We That's it where I'm from. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking it could even kind of be the opposite, right? Because the whole point is that they don't. They don't have this relationship at first right So what yeah. if it's like the it's it seems like the moment where there's going to be a spark and then there just isn't one. Uh-huh. And they are like, okay, well, tell me about your thing, whatever. And maybe he's trying to make it work, and she isn't. Not to get too deep into specifics of how yeah, the yeah, characters yeah. you know lead, right. but okay. I think it could be interesting if uh, if we expect there to be like a kiss or a big moment or something, and then they just yeah. it doesn't happen.
2: As Silas said, we cut away right at that moment that going
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I feel like there there is a few different things that we could do. We could either keep and expand in this current scene to include some sort of saving moment you know not 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 to be reductive with it but, but something that hits that beat because I feel like that is necessary and that it falls flat as a result and that's kind of what I'm hearing is that it feels a little flat and sort of save pages so so I guess the, the three options are focus more on what happened in this classroom and develop a moment at the end before the walking talk or change it and have it where Steve does something to save Rebecca or Rebecca does something to save Steve and that's how they meet yeah. I think
0: each of those is is interesting. Okay. Uh, so, what what do you think? What's uh, standing out to you about? Not to put you on the spot. But. Yeah.
1: Um, so one one question I, I had. So they they have this moment where they meet at the lab. Right. And that is is sort of inevitably going to be the setup to the punchline that gets delivered at the house party, right? Essentially. So, yeah. Because they meet there. Boy meets girl. Six pages later we're at this house party, he is talking about this girl, and then suddenly there she is, Rebecca. Oh shit, hey Rebecca, what's up? I don't feel right now like there is a turn from the classroom to the house party. Mm-hmm. So if, so far it seems to me like they, they meet at, the, at the, their lab partners or whatever, they pretty much hit it off right away, and have a, a very fun, breezy rapport. Like, I like I really like their dialogue when they're walking around holding their notebooks, chatting with each other. And then we come back to the house party, and there she is again. And once again, they seem like they pretty much hit it off. Like, it's, it's good energy, the vibes are good, it seems like everyone's getting along. And I feel like if there was if there was a turn there, if there was something different about their relationship right. in the first scene than in the second scene, right. that's gonna tell us I, I this is what their relationship is. I think is a big about, yeah. part of that do
2: you wanna throw in before I No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think a big part of the fact that there feels like there's no turn between the classroom and the house party, they they're on the quad and the the youth pastor guy says something and he is disappointed because she doesn't catch the same thing. Right there, there's that and then at the house party he is he is shaved and is like cleaned up and is less schlubby and that just I feel like is underwritten and maybe isn't reading but I feel like there there there's that little nugget there of change but I think just didn't come through.
0: Well, I think that there is change there, but it's. To me, it isn't change that pushes in the direction that you want it to push, which mm-hmm. is that their relationship is not going to happen right now. Right. Right. And uh, if he's improving himself, yeah, then she'll be like... Oh, he—he, he, I mean, obviously, this doesn't happen in social situations as much as you'd think, but yeah. or hope. <laughs> but well, you think yeah. she'd be like, "Oh, he's—he—he he looks nicer than I remember. Maybe I'll go talk to him." Right. Is what screenplay logic I think would yeah, dictate. Yeah, yeah. But uh, instead, it's—it's it's the opposite where it's like, "Oh, it, he looks nice. I'm going to you know, meet up with his friend now." Instead, uh-huh. you know, which—that's um, that, kind of the
2: thing is that he—he's he's trying to. Move, move it towards her liking him more because he already can't, you know, he already can't sense that she isn't quite into him.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: and then she, he goes and introduces Jordan to her, and that's when like the 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 switch flips, and she just has an interest in Steve because she's met yeah who she wants to be with, you know, right. one of those things. But good, but good. Uh, that I'll just I'll just write that one word. Clarify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It
1: it seems to me then that like. If you wanted to, to feed two birds with one scone, <laughs> you, know, uh, you... It's, it's just it's so good. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, and sort of do our, like, have a save the cat moment, and then also kind of set up this theme of the relationship isn't going to happen right now. It'd be interesting if it's like, he meets this girl, she's super cool, and they get along really, really well. And it's like, this girl's awesome. Yeah. Go to the party. He's cleaned himself up a little bit, He shaved, he's wearing a button-down, or whatever. And then, (laughs) they're at the party, he's looking for her, and then, like, something happens where Jordan is having a really shitty time. Mm -hmm. Like, someone says something really fucked up to Jordan.
0: He's like, my buddy could really use a win, and this girl is super cool. And I can tell that she's not that into me right now, so... Yeah. I might as well give up the chase on this part.
2: Yeah, that yeah. That, that, that kind of fucks my plot. Throw away your plot. Do our thing. <laughs> um, no, because um, like the the scene immediately after the house party that is that that is not in these pages is them basically having an argument in Steve's dorm room. He still lives in the dorms because he's he hates roommates and it's like. But they they basically have an argument that leads to and this whole thing leads to them having a fallout. Right. falling out because Steve isn't a mature adult you know that. that's a big part of the reason why we don't stay with him in this time of his life because it's just like right. quit making these dumb decisions are you manic or what right you know okay well I mean so don't, don't do that thing that, that yeah. we suggested well, well no it's, but... it's, still, it's still good to like at least encourage it first until he realizes
1: oh this was a bad idea right well at least just sort of as you go forward know that I think one way or another it's important to accomplish those things. Yeah, yeah. Whether you do it with, you know, the plot that Peter and I suggested, that's I mean it's your story. We're we're just we're just we're just riffing over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, uh, that's that's still good. I, I, I really like the idea of Jordan having a shitty time and him willing to just be like sees how hot Steve's crush is and then goes and crushes Steve. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah it, it going, could. Yeah. It could. You could have it both ways. Yeah, or less, yeah, where it's like he's like, "Hey, talk to this girl tonight," and then Jordan like goes too far with it and like cuts Steve out entirely. He's like, "Oh, hubba hubba, get out of here, Steve! I'm gonna hit on this lady over here." Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he Jordan just like weird. is is kind of a dick about it, and then that's what leads to the falling out. Is right. Not necessarily Steve just being immature and being like, no, she's mine. But, like, Steve being immature, like.
2: And I think that I think that works for the next scene, too, because it's basically, like, Jordan being, you know, to, to see the first moments of a fallout really helps reinforce when in the next scene they're like, oh, this, Steve is like, this this might ruin us. And then Jordan is like, it won't.
0: And it does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've... uh, Not to go into too much detail about my own life, but I basically did what we're describing (laughs) before. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, And basically, my friend who I was hanging out with that I introduced to this girl pulled a Jordan the way that we're describing it where he just like he just kind of hooked up and dumped her immediately and she was like really broken up about it and I and was then, like what the fuck and I got all mad at him and that I was immature he was immature she was getting attached too quickly we all made mistakes here but it, there were things that we can understand now that we're 10 right. years right. old or whatever yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah but at the time it was just like I just was mad at him for a couple weeks and yeah,
1: like that's, that's that's actually kind of a, a cool idea yeah. like what if Jordan's having a really shitty time and or like what if there's like 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 what if it's clear that Steve really wants to like make a move on Rebecca but he's like he's he's like he's not he, like he's too much of a coward to like go up and actually say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So instead he's like, Hey Jordan, you should talk to her just as like sort of a deflection thing, or Jordan's like, If you're not gonna talk to her, I'm going to and he's like, I don't know, man, go for it or does some sort of like yeah. thing. Where we're like where they're sitting there yeah. and
2: it's like Jordan's like, Go talk to her and Steve's like Huh. I don't know, you talk to her. No, right? and, yeah. you know, and Steve goes, uh, how about you go talk to her? And then I come up, and i and, and like, the, the yeah. surprise and spontaneous guy
1: will, will build this whole image for me. Or, well, what I was going to say, though, is, is what if, in some way, Steve gives Jordan permission right. to go for it? And then Jordan hooks up, and then is like, okay, whatever, it's fine, I'm, I'm moving on. Rebecca is, is like really sad about it. Like she's she's clearly bummed out about it. They like talk about it in class later or whatever. And then Steve is furious at Jordan. Mm-hmm. So we we sort of see like Steve trying to be a good friend for Jordan mm-hmm. in the first part. But then we also see like Yeah, but Steve's got other stuff going yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Like, yeah. like he if he gets like irrationally angry at Jordan, like, how dare you mistreat <laughs> this girl. My lady. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like it's like okay buddy and then and then he overreacts in such a big way that J- jordan and and rebecca end up back together and his sort of irrational fairly possessive reaction kind of forces jordan into like patching this up and it's like oh jesus well now now they fixed it now they're, <laughs> now they're together again ten years later i mean like uh-huh. yeah, yeah. it is just another another idea that you probably shouldn't do but
2: but it, it's good to know that, um, that 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 house party is in more important than what I've written. Um, that that it is it is a scene that needs to grow a little bit and expand. Okay. Is is there any is there
1: any like questions or, or thoughts that you have before we, we move on? Um,
0: Did I cut you off? You no, I was party? just gonna make a stupid little like, Oh, it's two two ships passing in the night is uh, is this is the party scene. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think we're good okay awesome yeah good work man
0: cool yeah you got them pages done you got
1: them pages you get uh, Peter oh boy it's my turn it's your turn same Same question uh, what were you trying to accomplish with these 13 pages how do you feel like you did and what feedback are you, is most helpful for you at this point
0: so my goal uh, was just to get to the catalyst at all costs right like no matter what I just needed to get to that point because like As I mentioned earlier, I feel like I have a decent sense of what this world is and what the first act looks like. It's going to get a lot harder after this, I think first acts are so fun yeah they're so fun you just you have a world and you just play around in it and nothing needs to happen really yet it's just a world of possibility anything that you write could pay off later yeah <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. If, you, if you remember it happened then you can pay it off later yeah. if you just like write and forget it
1: anyway.
2: yeah yeah uh, there was a character there
0: And uh, so, like, I I noticed a couple things from looking back at my outline that I'm like, okay, maybe I should do this a little differently. Mm -hmm. Like, I expanded some scenes into like multi-scene sequences where it's it's really just one beat, but they have to spread out across a couple different scenes. Right. Uh, I changed the uh, the cider that Greg brews into moonshine. I like that change. I like that. Yeah, because it's much stronger. you can do it in a bathtub, it's, it's much crazy. stronger and you can spike stuff with it more easily. And it's trashy. And it's trashy. <laughs> it's like a real shit I was thinking, like, should he be making bathtub gin or vodka? No, just moonshine. Just call it moonshine. And he makes it from all the fruit that he has, because he has so much fruit. Mm-hmm. He makes wine in his toilet. He's in prison. <laughs> yeah. oh, golly. It's called pruno and it's bad.
1: <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> thank you for laughing at that. Um,
2: I'm just, I'm surprised I ever forgot the term,
0: perino. Yeah, it's a powerful term for a powerful drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I've i never been to prison, uh, not even as a visitor. So yeah, so I feel like I uh, accomplished, considering that my goal was just to get to the catalyst with whatever I needed to get out of the way, I mm. think I accomplished that. Yeah. What I'm more worried about now is just like, you know where there's fat or where there's scenes that didn't need to be as long as they are or scenes that didn't need to be multiple scenes like trying to find ways that I can condense stuff and I wasn't really thinking about that at all it was just like I had a paragraph of summary for each scene and then I would look at the paragraph and I'd kind of like squint at it and I'd be like this, this is two scenes why did I write this as one scene <laughs> so some of the some of it is like formally incorrect because it'll just say like interior place and then there'll be like five sublocations in that place, but I think uh, you know that that's going to come with redrafting. Which one thing we are going to talk about later, not to spoil the fun in advance, is uh, how we edit stuff. And um, I don't do much editing while I'm writing. Right. I do my editing mostly afterwards, right. unless there's something that I need to go back and set up.
2: Yeah. Well, my, mine was mostly born of embarrassment.
1: <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> yeah it's, it's sort of it's sort of a, a philosophical question of do you edit as you go or do you wait till the end and 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 keep track of all the edits that you need to make and then yeah. do a big you know but we'll get, yeah. it. We'll get, there. We'll get we'll,
0: there we'll get there So anyway that's that's my thing what I felt I I did and what I felt you know needs to work still so the feedback that I'm looking for most importantly is is the tone and world? In place, mm-hmm. and then after that, whatever you guys want to say, <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to it. Yes, and yes. Great. Uh, yeah, it's been is, a good episode, guys. Yeah. Thank you for.
2: <laughs> uh, you you did a good job uh, with with it. Just the quality is really good, honestly.
0: Yeah, you, you like, did like, you what, what you falls did really out good of your
1: yeah. butt is beautiful. <laughs> uh, you did really good work, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, this is a really really strong tight first draft like this is it's i feel like all the pieces are there i feel like it's funny it's breezy like stuff that you are going to want to change is most likely going to be stuff that you discover in act two that you want to set up more so than like this this isn't working couple couple things that i i do want to like react to you had mentioned to me after we stopped recording last week the the suck my dick joke oh yeah um I like that joke. I feel like the reason it works is because he apologizes.
0: <laughs> That's like, my save the cat moment. It's yeah. him apologizing for telling uh, two joggers to suck his dick.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And and what's what I think is really great about that is, I mean, so so he, it's been very clear that he's this contrarian. But we learned the thing which I didn't really get from your outline that I thought was really compelling here was how desperately he wants to fit in. In this world, even though he, like, refuses to sort of assimilate and refuses to, like, live their life and, like, show up to work on time, man. But he also, like, I was not expecting that he really, really wanted these people to come to his party. Yeah. And that, I think, is a, a very, very valuable thing in here. I like yeah, it a lot.
2: It, it seems like there's a healthy mix of jealousy and pity. Yeah.
0: You know, thank um, you. I, that's that's why there's the shortest scene in this Uh, Half act is uh, the scene where after everyone leaves his party, he just lies on his couch and watches cartoons by himself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that part is really important, even though almost nothing happens in it. Just because we see that like he was expecting anything else to happen, and here he is doing the same thing that he does every night again. Yeah. It's like a dark night of the soul that's on page ten. Right. when uh,
2: when, when I saw that and, and because you, you you wanted there to be that parallel where she watches the same show at some point. Yeah. I was almost thinking something interesting that you could do is that because the it goes from there it goes right into her her, her introduction, right? You could do it almost like a match cut where he's watching that show, match cut to her watching that show and then the timer goes off. It's just like you, you have that immediate.
0: Yeah, I saw you you wrote on uh, yeah, I, on I, the I, pages here the, to put a Sammy scene in there.
2: Yeah. And that's
0: thing. that's one thing that I'm definitely Struggling with like, Sammy doesn't speak until the last lot word of dialogue in this entire first half act,
2: which I think works. Honestly, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a fuck up on your part. Where where because of the fact that that word that she says changes everything in his world, yeah. I think the fact that it's the only thing she says in his first twelve pages is give it more life. Yeah, um, thank
1: you. Yeah, the 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 thing that I was honestly my only like the only thing which I was like I. I I could use a little bit more of that was um, I would like some more Sammy stuff. Yeah. and and I feel like the it's it's a little it's a little tough with there just not being dialogue. and and I know that, like for me, I struggle with ways to make ways to write that feel compelling to me where it's just action lines yeah i i wanted a little bit more drama in the sammy's bunker scene like she's on the treadmill she like i mean it says like like i think like the first line is like beep 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 a big red digital alarm goes off i wanted to see some little moment with her in that scene where we we see like she has been waiting for this for five years like You know, some just like emotional moment where she's like watching that timer ticking down, or like maybe you know, maybe she's she's somehow forgotten that it's today, and she sees it and like freezes and is like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, holy shit, it's been five years or
2: something. Listless on the couch, and then she just like shoots up and sees the timer
0: in front of her. I listless doing burpees. (laughs) (laughs) The way that I in the later pages that I've written since. We did this. She has conversations with her plants. Nice. Uh, where she just will talk to her plants. Yeah. And uh, I think that those are kind of funny. Like, this is something we've all seen before where someone talks to someone, you know, yeah. castaways like that. Right. I think that it sort of centers her in a, in a way that I kind of want her to be a mystery at the beginning. And we don't, we don't get her perspective yet. But we get it as soon as we're in the second half of Act One. Right. right, right. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But I I definitely agree with you that, like, she's so much of a mystery. She's a mystery girl. (laughs) To (laughs) quote Roy Orbison. uh, That, like, we don't know, like, first of all, why we align with her. Yeah. And we don't really know why this day matters to her. Like, Mm -hmm. we just see her. She's running on a treadmill. And then she's like, okay, today's the day. And then she just goes out. And, like, what does she want to do? We don't know. You know? Right this might not serve the screenplay that you're trying to write.
1: I do feel like there's a lot of potential with scenes of her trying to blend in. Like, like you could write a funny scene of, you know, Ripley circa the end of Aliens tr- trying to fit in at, like, a Pilates <laughs> studio. It's like, y- yeah, ooh, wh- 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 yep, it, I sure do love that. Like, like yeah. and, and, and I think it's cool that that she doesn't have dialogue and i think you could you could do it without dialogue i think that if you're looking for a a way to sort of make us more aware of her in this first half of the first act like like if you if you sandwich that in like uh like around where greg's party is where it's like he's trying to find he's trying to behave in a way that these symbiotes appreciate yeah and then if we like cut back to her and she's like military crawling <laughs> like you know through a you know i don't know an, an avocado field or <laughs> a juice factory or something or you know i don't know it, it's it, it it might honestly be better if we just don't know much about her till they meet but if you are looking for us to have more access Before then, that might be an interesting way to
0: do it. One thought I had is uh, the scene where Greg goes... The the last scene here, where Greg goes to the mall to get the symbiote input into his ear. Body horror, by the way. It's really creepy shit.
1: Really creepy. Uh, Animorphs, baby! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I was thinking that maybe she has a little scene at the mall before that Mm -hmm. where she's she went back to her bunker the night before now she's like decided to go out again yeah and she is like okay i'm gonna at least see what's going on in the world a little bit and see if i can fit in with it and that's when she gets spooked by this guy chasing her she's like i don't know why this is happening i don't know why these aliens are doing this whole thing that they're doing but maybe she decides she doesn't like her clothes and wants new
2: ones after five years and decides to go to the mall where she just is like standing in front of the mirror and it's
1: like, I've been wearing this same shit for five years. So. I, that's it's honestly pretty similar to what I was going to say, which was what if like so she she escapes and she is expecting a dead scorched earth and yeah. she like we, there could even be a scene where we see her like getting this might even have been in here but like we see her getting the stuff and she's like oxygen mask <laughs> like cyanide pill like yeah, you know, just like yeah, like, like yeah. building up all, this backpack of all the stuff she's going to need survival stuff yeah. and she goes up and it says like good morning hello <laughs> and and she like goes through the mall and there's, like, someone who's, like, would you care for this kale salad? And she's, like, I don't have any money. And they're, like, that's okay. <laughs> just have it. Uh, um, uh, this is a fair society, and it will come back to me eventually. Yeah. And then it just cuts to her back in the bunker, like, eating her kale salad. <laughs> she's, like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Like, it's... Like, we lost, and also, it's fine? Yeah, And yeah. so then, like, or you could do a thing where she, like, goes back to the bunker, and she, like, lock, chain, pad, close, everything. The symbiotes are back, lock, 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 everything. Okay, another, set it for another five years. And then she, like, kind of looks over at the kale salad and like looks over to the like raw uncooked potatoes that she's been eating <laughs> yeah. and she like eats the kale salad and then when we see her back at the mall it's like she she gave up she was like I do want more of that good kale it though. was good kale it was really good yeah. it was thinking like, it in, like
0: the mall food court or something yeah. Yeah, yeah like well because the, the, right before Greg discovers her she uh, is just eating hummus and celery sticks and then drops them and swears right and uh, like why is she why, why did she go to the mall I don't think that's in there yet
1: yeah right, yeah very motivation yeah. to be there I love the idea that it's it's just like she's like I would go back to my life of solitude but oh it was really good on this it was <laughs> super good
2: yeah or like she could be just walking through the mall and steve incidentally like walks in front of her into the symbiote store she turns she sees it and she sees them how they're acting towards steve and that can cut directly steve him. is your character by oh way. yeah sorry great there we go yeah. great uh i've been doing that a lot but like he, he incidentally passes her he she watches him go into the symbiote store and sees immediately how they just, like, lose their shit. And they're like, oh, my God, Greg, finally. You're yeah. one of us. And then you cut into that scene where it's just, like, she, you know, you almost play it as one, one scene where it's, like, starts with her in the mall, Steve crosses paths, and then the next scene is with Greg.
0: Excuse me. Yeah. So White names. I'm just, I'm thinking, like, she's, like, peering around a corner, like, like she's solid snake, and she's just eating her celery quietly, like, uh, and then she drops and says, "Shit!" And then Greg's like, "What?" Because <laughs> she wants to know, like, why this thing is happening. Right, right. Why is this guy getting a thing in his ear? Right. Uh, oh when, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's really. I think that's a great yeah, idea. She, she, yeah. She gets
2: curious about the process and like tries to sneak in because that, that's always a good. That's always a good scene when like the the someone's being like voyeuristic and is like trying right. to get in on it.
1: Yeah, oh, that's cool. Especially when it's played for laughs. I think. I think it also sets up a couple nice things later on which is I mean one I mean just this whole it, it sort of reinforces this whole theme that like these are oppressive overlords but also in a lot of ways they're very nice and yeah. that's sort of a central conflict of the story and, and if, if that was something she was struggling with I think it, that would reinforce that idea and also since I know that at our midpoint she is going to have kind of given up and is like going to be like yeah Cheetos baby
0: <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Since I know that that's coming from her, if right in the first, 10 pages, she has like a lapse of willpower. I think that would set yeah. that up in a nice We way. realize she has the potential to, to give up. Right. And it's just for hummus now, but later. It might be for <laughs> yeah. <the> powdered cheese.
0: <laughs> well, great. Uh, I think I, that's all really helpful stuff. Evan's got one more. I've got two more. Two name more. should be Steve. <laughs> uh, the The term W word? Yeah, he, that's wormy is the
2: no, slur. No, no. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, but, but W... For our listeners. Yeah, W <laughs> word is a lot like
0: B batteries. Like the Dimitri Martin joke? Yeah. Yeah, where yeah. it's just
2: like, it, 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 on page it looks like what word? Yeah. You know, and, and I just think that there, there is potential for a better term than the W word. Just because yeah. it
0: looks weird, it sounds weird. I hard agree. to say. I just couldn't think of anything, because okay. I, I thought of that too, and I was like, shouldn't he say the, the dub word, the... <laughs> The, the dub wormy word. word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it could no, be... the
2: wormy word. Just say it again <laughs> <Yeah>. on accident.
1: <laughs> it could be funny if they just like super over pronounce it. Like you really shouldn't say the W word. <laughs> the W word. And, like they have a hard pot. Like yeah, yeah. it just seems like some asshole thing these guys. <laughs> like, someone... yeah, um, the
2: yeah. other one was Aaron. Aaron, right? Your your dickhead. The, the dick. Aaron, yeah. the dick? Yeah.
0: His uh, introduction is slimy Superman made no sense to me. So it was originally uh, like slimy Ubermensch was what I wrote, where he's just like a perfect human, but you can tell he's a douchebag deep down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to say. But then like, well, I changed to Superman because uh, Ubermensch is just such like a there's, 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 there's
1: some There's some baggage. There's, there's some baggage there's that words one. that you
0: <laughs> can't say so much when you have blonde hair and blue eyes. Right. And <laughs> that's one of them. Uh, but saying Superman is like, do you mean Clark Kent or do you mean... Yeah, yeah
2: I, it just didn't scan for me. It just, it, I, I wanted more out of that introduction overall, and, and it was anchored in just being like, oh, Slimey Superman. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, those are my two notes. W word is weird, is what is weird, and then uh, Slimey Superman is just needs to be, if you're, you can use it, but it needs to be flushed out so that it scans better. Cool, cool. Yeah, good work, man. Thanks, y'all. Science. All alright right. right. here we go. Here See we go. You guys.
1: In terms of what I was trying to accomplish, we're in we're in Act Two, so it's it's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, I appreciate you guys' patience with like the list of stuff I'm going to set up in Act One that <laughs> you need to know about. My my feeling with this part of the story is I want there there. This is when they first step foot into Wonderland, and I wanted it to feel ominous, but we have a moment where it seems genuinely like really cool like the the we're touring jurassic park section and it's like holy shit this is awesome and and i wanted at least one scene where it feels from the audience perspective like this would be really really awesome to do and then it goes, it, it, all, it all goes wrong, of course. So that's kind of what I was... I, I was trying to set up that and kind of do that tonally. And then I wanted to sort of establish... This is the first time we really see these characters trying to work together. And I wanted to set up the conflicts and the personality problems that are going to be important later on in the story and are kind of going to send the story in the direction it's going to go. In terms of how I did with that stuff, I feel like... CB minus I feel like not not great a lot of this early stuff is I'm sort of figuring out what what are these characters going to sound like? There's a few things in particular that I feel like aren't really working yet, but before... Let me tell you what they are. Yeah, <laughs> But before I tell you, I want you to tell me. So the, the feedback, which is really useful for me at this point, dialogue, like individual yeah. lines is going to be less so because this uh, this is all going to change. The really, really helpful stuff for me is... How, how you felt about these characters and what vibe you're getting off of them, that's super, super useful information to me. Um, especially if you're not getting much of a vibe off of anybody, that's, that's the most useful. If there's anything motivation wise or sci-fi wise or just physically what's happening in this very confusing surreal space anything that that wasn't clear or that you didn't have a a good mental image of in your head is is really useful for me as well and then just your your thoughts what what you what what yeah how Um, how it felt to read for the first time well in
2: terms of world building and in terms of giving that paradise scene and illusion fields kind of thing was really cool. Uh, I I think you definitely nailed the I guess the arc of of how it works going into this thing, where they they go in and it's pretty idyllic, and they're able to get started. You know, and then they open out to this beautiful world that seems super dope the way you wrote it. And, and you you do have enough time in that like what dreams may come kind of space of you know that that view of heaven is how I view what you've written uh, is, is in that same tone, I guess. Yeah, I, I think you're doubting yourself too much, but we're all doing that. Not me, I think I'm great. <laughs> First draft, maybe. Your characters are definitely in conflict at all times, and I'll let you know when that gets
1: exhausting. Yeah, there's one... one Thing which I wanted to ask you guys about. So you know, the the, the reason I chose these characters to be in the story is because I felt like they would clash in interesting ways. But I also like this might not be the right time for that. Like it, 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 it might. Well, I don't know. Yeah,
2: I, I feel like it is. It is a good time for conflict because they're all in a, this this brand new fucking world, and you know, and that you know, when when everybody's in in a state like that, they're all a little scared, or on edge, and uneasy, and that'll result in conflict naturally um and i think he played off of that and i also loved that immediately after they got there somebody was already like yeah we're out of time <laughs> I like that because there's always gotta be that one yeah. who's like let's just let's just go i'm nervous uh. i'm nervous um and then i have two other specific notes but I, I got some
0: stuff yeah yeah, yeah. hit me. um so uh just w- before we get off this topic uh i, I want to bring up charlie and the chocolate factory Please. Because it's it's the same general type of story where there's you know a group of people and they go into a strange place, right? Uh, that's about and, as general and, as the story and, gets. And part. and due to their character
1: flaws, <laughs> they get picked <laughs> off one by one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I get the in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's this big. They're having conflict throughout mm-hmm. all the the kids that are entering the chocolate factory, but um, there's a definitive like moment of wonder where when they first get into the chocolate factory they're still bickering the whole time and we've learned everything we need to know about their characters but there's a moment where it's like wow here's the inside of the chocolate factory this is what it actually looks like am i uh, i I guess i'll lead that directly into my main question which is have they done something like this before is there a scene in act one where they test out the technology or something
1: great question so the the i de- my my idea with this was that like orpheum is super super fun to do and it's unbelievably expensive to make so a, a complaint that Flora is going to blog about in in the first in Act One is like none of these things have that sort of spectacular feeling that they could like you can you can literally experience anything in these things you could you could make any experience that you could dream up in in using Orpheum. And and what we're seeing is, like, it's a lot of hallways. It's a lot of linear hallways because they're cheap to make. Yeah. So my idea was that, like, all of these people have done Orpheum, but that moment when they step outside of the shed and it's that, like, huge jungle, I think that should be... That should feel really, really amazing, and that should feel like something that the characters have not really gotten to experience before.
2: Right, because... It's it's the biggest thing that ever seen when they when they're on Orpheus, right? Right. Whereas this is usually just the hallway. Okay. So yeah,
1: that that sense of wandering to be played up there. I think you're in the right direction. I don't feel super committed. Like right now, what I wrote is like it's a jungle. There's it's it's totally possible that that should be something way cooler than a jungle.
0: Well, so I think the issue is not necessarily how cool the stuff is, but if I recall correctly. Orpheum is usually very time-consuming and expensive to make. And what's special about the place that they're in now is that they can just dream something up and it's there. Right. And that has never happened to any of them before. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I knew that because we talked about it. Right. But I didn't really see that in the script where they were like because uh, you know it's it's the, the the kid trying out his superpowers
2: yeah right, I, I scene, almost, you know
0: yeah 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 yeah. yeah.
2: I almost want to see like the other people's people in the group who aren't the designers try it where they like they see it like, oh let me try this and they close their eyes real hard and, like rock falls down or something and, like, just like something real <laughs> small and they're like oh that's why you do this so it points to her like specialness in, right. in, a, in a very physical way. Where there, you can dream of anything, but it's real hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's a that's a really really good note. Um,
2: so and that'll help like make her more of a paragon of Orpheum. Yeah, and and the <laughs> that's the, your title, paragon of Orpheum. Paragon of
1: Orpheum. Um,
2: <laughs> oh shit! I totally forgot to mention that I have another title I want to run by you guys at some point, but we'll keep going. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that's a really good note because. Uh, the thing is the thing that I really wanted to accomplish with here is that sense of fun, and I don't really feel like I did necessarily. So the thinking of it as a superpower Spider-Man, scene, yeah. I think, is a, a really good idea.
2: Yeah, um, and you are in the in. in... Blake Snyder terms you are in the fun game section of the screenplay, mm, so, so are, don't yeah. be afraid to have a little fun. Right. Now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: flex
0: a little
1: movement. Mm-hmm. I, I ble- <laughs> think it was Blake Snyder who said, don't be afraid to flex a little. Bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we uh, Evan and I recently saw Aquaman, uh, which right. came out quite a while ago, but mm-hmm. we just saw it. For a whole $7. <laughs> for, two for two people, yeah. And there's a, uh, the moment in Aquaman where they go to the underground city for the first time. Uh, Atlantis Atlantis, yeah I (laughs) forgot the name of Atlantis (laughs) where Aquaman is from but where they go to Atlantis for the first time (laughs) Atlantis, New Jersey (laughs) Uh, and there's just a bunch of shots of like mana rays swimming around and, yeah. and there's like they talk over them and say oh, okay here's here's the rules of the world by the way you got you, there's <laughs> water cannons that we'll never mention or whatever yeah. there's all this other shit that you gotta worry about that we're setting up later but what's most important is just like look at how cool Atlantis is you never realized how cool Atlantis was because you didn't go there because they killed your mom or something like yeah. whatever Atlantis is cool though go there a lot of movies have that at the beginning of Act 2 okay that's a really good note uh, did you have anything else for me? I think that once I see Act 1, I will have a much better sense of what these characters' relationships are. And what the fuck is going on. Uh, did you? This is going to be a weird, weird tangent. Thank God. Did you read, it came out this week, the story about the making of the video game Anthem, the Bioware epic loot shooter, multiplayer online big game? I, I did not, no. Okay, um anthem was made by bioware they rely heavily on something called bioware magic and hockey stick development which is where it's flat for a long time then it shoots up in the last few months and usually they are like panicked for the last six months and working crazy crunch hours but because of bioware magic it always came together and worked with anthem it just didn't I would recommend that you read that article, because uh, the, the scene in it where they, they say, like, Should it be a pool? No, it should be a river. We should delete the pool, we should delete the river, whatever. is exactly like this one thing that they interview a, a developer anonymously in this profile of the making of Anthem. They're like, yeah, um, we were just in this visioning process for years, where no one wanted to take control. And some people would try to take control, but they didn't have the like the credit to do it. And uh, the people would just specifically here's the part that I was thinking of: people would just go into meetings together to f- hash out like an important part of the gameplay or the lore or something, and just talk for two hours, and then come out of it with no deliverable, <laughs> like, with no information that's it's new. It's like, okay, well, we'll we'll table it, and then yeah. it's like well, the, the point of this meeting was that we tabled it before,
1: right?
0: You know, uh, okay. I think that kind of culture is like. Very relevant to the relationship you have between these yeah. characters.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. And the the feeling that I was trying to go for here was that like right at the beginning, everyone's still kind of in shock yeah. from this being in this really weird, disorienting place. And Xavier and Flora have like a really fun, cool rapport where the, it feels like creative, and they're like making really cool stuff together. And some of the other characters start to get jealous and are like, well, we want to make stuff too. And we want, like, I'm Flora's boss. I want more creative control than her. And that it's sort of that that type of note that we've all, anyone who has worked in any kind of media has heard before where it's like, I just want my voice to be heard. I feel like people aren't paying attention to me. I think it should be a river.
0: And you know what you get? You
1: get... Too many cooks <laughs>
2: yeah. exactly. in the kitchen. So I have three, two-ish notes. Okay. Uh, on one of the pages, you say something like, uh, when the sleeper does X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should, instead of it being a sleeper, that, that word felt really just like clunked sure. when he was talking. Because you, you, you seem to be building this, this world and, and vernacular around orpheum. Right. Um, I th- I think you should either stick with the generic drug term and call him a user, mm-hmm. or you make something up for him. Gotcha. My okay. my suggestion was Orpheatics. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: My suggestion is to ignore Evan's suggestion. <laughs> Woo, I'm
2: so bad with titles. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, I
1: also thought that when I was writing it. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. well, the timer's ticking. Sleeper <laughs> yeah, and yeah,
2: thinking is. time. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think that you should create some sort of cool thing. And then, I know this was just a placeholder, but Planter's Peanuts. Yeah. Um, I like the idea. And, and my suggestion is to find a... It, this is a two-part suggestion. Okay. My for Part A is I want you to find, like, a little esoteric fragment of, a, you know, something that sounds cool. Just, like, two, three, two or three words that sounds real cool. Right. And then, my second part of the suggestion is that you start the movie with a flash-forward of someone waking up. The very first moment she wakes up and she says that. And right. then at the beginning of the movie, it makes no goddamn sense as to why she says that. You're just like, huh. Right. And then you just have that little flash forward and then you go back into the story
1: and then you come back to that and you're
2: like, oh, I get it now.
1: Sure, yeah, totally. The the thing that I. The reason I chose Planner's Peanuts, and it is very much a placeholder, you know, the, the working title at the moment is Flora's Garden and the. Each uh, each character has sort of a, a a motif to them, and Flora's thing is like gardens and plants and flowers, and so the reason I went with Planters peanuts is because it has planters in it. So as good like, a reason as any, I was like, "That's that's a thing they could say." I, I thought it was because you had read the
2: capitalism meme <laughs> about it it yeah. came out
1: just right around the same time. That <laughs> that, I that was why it was in my head. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. Um, was like, this will work just
0: yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know, uh, What if but good. There's a, a movie that does this memorably, but not all that well. Uh-huh. Donnie Darko with the cellar door. Oh yeah. They, oh, yeah. I think to the same effect where it's like they talk about the, the English teacher. I can't remember who played her, but um, the English teacher talks about cellar door was deemed the most aesthetically pleasing two word combination in the English language. And then just Donnie hears it in his head later and we don't really know why not not much in that movie is explained it's very cool but it doesn't like hold together I don't think I don't think so either fuck you guys I I, I I loved it when I was 13 (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the same kind of thing where like there's a justification to why it's those specific words other than just like oh it's just a cool thing to say yeah yeah so if you can find something that is like emblematic and deep and powerful and smart and good, <laughs>
1: good this, luck. Maybe yeah. something by Emily Dickinson. I think uh, what I will probably do is keep writing, and then later on, when I'm when I think of something cool, and I'm like, oh, I should uh, I should set this up somehow. <laughs> Just make it make it that. Yeah, but um, your pen's
0: too far away. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, uh, some. I think we can. Uh, you got more stuff about this bit specifically?
1: Well, I was gonna. I was gonna. Tr- this. This is sort of a, a thing which has been on my mind about this. Um, and then I think that's kind of a good segue into what I think you were gonna talk about. I. So last time we, I talked about how I was reworking the character of Victoria from being sort of a a basic texting vanilla chai latte sort of LA type into more of like an Obi Wan like wise character but i definitely didn't do as much work much character work for sort of the new version of victoria as i did for the old version of victoria and something which occurred to me as i was rereading my stuff is that the sage character the obi-wan or the gandalf is always the shot caller they're always sort of the de facto leader of the group and victoria is not at the moment she isn't really in a position of power So writing her as kind of a a sage and, like, a wise character who isn't in a position of power, basically she just asks questions. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that character is not—is, like, really not working right now, and I need to do some pretty big edits in order to make her work. Um, She just— Stands around and spouts
2: aphoristic
1: wisdom. <laughs> I, I think what I'm going to probably do is make her the leader. Yeah. And make Joaquin someone that she hired. And so then there's but, more of a power dynamic thing there. But keep the but, keep the Joaquin and Florida thing. Because I like their right. they, they butt heads real well. Well, and I, and I think they might butt heads even better if he's not the boss. That's if he really, really to wants to be the boss. Yeah, he's more like a Boromir where he's like... I have good ideas too, um, but that that so that and that's going to be some pretty major changes in order to implement that. But that that segues into, I think, a, an interesting discussion about edits. Okay.
0: Well, real quick on the topic of Victoria, I would say that often they're the leader. The stage character is like the leader in name, right? what I pictured was like what's his name Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where he's he runs the Ninja Turtles the Ninja Turtles do what he says, but you because they you respect mean, him. You mean Splinter. Splinter right? Okay, I, I was confused.
1: Splinter, <laughs> I don't know how you could have made that mistake. <laughs> they both whole, start with S. They're a whole three letters different <laughs> from each other.
0: So yeah, Splinter is like he offers them wisdom, he trains them, he raises them. He's a father figure to them, but they lead the action. They do their own thing.
1: Yeah, it's more of like a quest giver than a shot caller. I guess would be a better yeah. way to say it like so. Yeah, like we are going to go to Rivendell. Right. And then I'll be gone. You have to go fight these monsters by yourself. And then I'll come back and be like, we are going to Mordor. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So I'm thinking like, not necessarily the boss of everyone, but maybe like the executive producer. Right. Is that her title currently?
1: It is. But I, I think just I need to make the, I need to rethink the character dynamics where she is in theory, supposed to be the one calling all the shots, and then her authority gets questioned by people like Yvonne and Mm -hmm. Joaquin. Okay, I like that.
0: Another character frame of reference would be uh, Danny Ocean from Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, for sure. Where he definitely is the shot caller, but he gets pretty hands-off at a lot of points, because he's like, look, I don't know how to fold myself into a box. Only the (laughs) the contortionist
1: guy knows how to do that, so you go do that. Mm -hmm. Like, There's a big sequence coming up it's, like, the very, very next thing that happens in my story that I I want to, like, totally gut and make, like, huge structural changes to that, like, are going to affect stuff later on. Like, I just really feel like it's not working. I also feel like I would rather complete a mediocre story mm-hmm. than abandon a really good one, a really polished one. And I I'm, I'm having... Like, actually, honestly, like a lot of questioning about if I should take the time now to change that stuff and get it to just, even if it's not polished, but just like follow the plot that I think it should now versus just keep moving forward. And then when I, when I get to, you know, the end of act two or whatever, I can then go back and make changes then or something. You, you, You should probably fix it now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can't do nothing with broken bones, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh,
2: you, gotta... uh, you don't want to build a house on sand, as Jesus would say. Mm-hmm. And, and that's
1: what you're setting yourself up to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. You My... don't necessarily need to write every page of the fixed version, but right. know what the fixed version will look like in an outline. Right. And and it's I think the the
1: I got pretty far with writing yesterday and today i i spend most of the day just tapping away so i think i might before our next meeting i might just not try to make to get any further in the story and just see if i can make though because it's only like six scenes that i feel like aren't working and i showed them to my wife and she had some she had some very useful notes so i think i might
0: you have an impish grin right now it's Uh, like oh boy I, i might uh i might try and implement
1: those and Okay, so so for my goal for next time we meet is to at least have, have put some thought into how I want to work with Victoria's character, and then make the implement those changes to the next big sequence that's yeah. coming up. Evan, what are what are your goals for next week? For two days from now. For next, yeah, for two days from now.
2: <laughs> um, to tighten everything up that I've got so far and send it out, and then hide.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. No place to hide, man. Uh, I just, uh, I really would like to get to the end of Act 1. I don't know if that's completely feasible. So at least 20 pages is what I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I'm going to change much about what came first. 20 pages. Okay. And good podcast.